Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. No actors want to get the job. I get that. But being remembered by a casting director, that is powerful. And now it's time for meditation of the day. When I was growing up in San Francisco, I went to a church called Third Baptist. And at Third Baptist Church, I was really young when I started going there, maybe like 11, 12. And one of the things that always stood out, because in the summers, I would go to Portland, Oregon and visit my grandmother, and she would make me go to revivals all summer long. I was in a revival. Okay. The one thing that always stuck out was how people would shout and get excited and praise God and start doing the holy dance and all that. And I questioned, what's wrong with me? Because I never felt like that. I never felt in that spirit where, you know, I was jumping and rejoicing and full of, you know, tears. And then one day I came to church and I just remember there was nothing on my mind. I didn't have any problems in middle school. Um, My parents said everybody was getting along. And then all of a sudden, I just started feeling like the beginning of tears where your throat starts to, you know, you start to feel that little. And I started to just be in this place of gratitude and happiness. And I said to myself, it must be when you are in a place of calm and peace and surrender, where your spirit just gets overwhelmed and you can't contain it anymore. And that's when you start to shout and that's when you start to rejoice. That was my connection. And when I was shouting, I wasn't asking God for everything in perfection. I was just living in the state of gratitude of where I was. Today, 
I will be grateful every minute of the day, knowing that God is by my side. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangsta Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangsta rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangsta rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangsta Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangsta rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangsta Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. 
Before we get started, I'd like to remind everyone to look out for my new show, Inside the Black Box. I'll be co-hosting with the great Joe Morton. We'll be on Crackle Network real soon. I'll keep you posted. Welcome to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore, and we have an incredible treat today, you guys. Um, We all are still going through the strike. And I just want to send some positive words out there to everyone. But we have a dynamic guest, legendary guest today. And I'm so excited because I want to flip this conversation because I'm so excited to share some stuff with you. Ladies and gentlemen, you have seen him on the Wendy Williams show. You have seen him on the Sherry Shepard show. And I'm sure you've seen him in clubs and concerts. Put your hands together for legendary, dynamic, powerful DJ Sus. Yo, Tracy, what's up? What's up? Thank you for coming on. I truly am grateful to have you on. I appreciate you guys. Talk to me. What's going on? Okay, so this is why I want to flip it, DJ Sus. I absolutely positively love the title of your production company, The Featured Presentation. Brilliant. Yes. Brilliant. Oh my God. So um I want to um I want to talk about you. And I don't know if this is you transitioning. You know what I mean? I don't um I I, I feel like you've been in the entertainment business all your life, but what made you decide? to create the featured presentation production company. That was crazy. I always had an interest in movies. Um, the way the name came about, I used to, it's crazy. I, my dream was always to have a nice house, right? With mm-hmm. a movie theater in it. I have a nice house right now, but I don't have a movie theater in it yet. But um, the featured yes. presentation used to be this website that um, you would go on and it was a company that would build your home theater. And I used mm-hmm. to just go on there and everything and see it and then one day i went to the website to show somebody and it was available it said that the the, it wasn't there anymore and i i I thought that was a great name because i would always make a movie on radio and say that i'm about to make a movie you know blah 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 and then it just clicked the feature presentation so i actually bought the website saw on saw that it was available and i bought it and i was like wow and then I actually got the trademark, and I was like, "Wow, how the hell? That's such a common name!" And I got, I was able to get it. Yeah. Uh, and I it started from there. So, in terms of, and, and it's not your... just mu- it's not just movies. I also wanted to uh-huh. create mu- music. Also, we put out music under uh-huh. the feature presentation. And so, because um, I'm so excited for you, and um, I said to Spruce, "Where do I?" put you know turning my resume to you because i think that this is such an amazing opportunity that is another avenue that you're offering you know artists out here also actors because you know we have a slew of actors um and are there any specific types of genres are you open to all genres i'm still building in the movie world um i got one one leg at it and I always, I, I'm, 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 I'm open to all genres. I love all genres of film, but I wanted mm-hmm. to start off doing horror movies. And the reason I wanted to start off wow. doing that is for two reasons. One, they're more affordable movies that have cult mm-hmm. following as long as the story is good um, to create. And, and you don't need super A-list celebrities all the time. So that's number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, New Line Cinema 
um, which is a very, very, very big movie studio, mm-hmm. was built off of a horror movie franchise that I was in love with in the 1980s, A Nightmare on Elm Street with Freddy Krueger. Right. And I used to watch that in the 1980s, and I learned right. that that company was nothing until that franchise was built. That franchise and that that whole entire brand built the whole company and, cre- and generated multi-millions and millions and millions of dollars to where they were able mm-hmm. to compete with bigger companies and um, started creating legendary movies like Lord of the Rings and a, a whole bunch of, you know, New Line right. Cinema is one of the biggest companies out there. So right. that was another reason because I used to look up to New Line Cinema and Bob Shea and those guys who created that whole wow. franchise, Wes Craven. So... I come from the independent world. Um, my first film that I cast was just another girl in the IRT. And nice. so wow. I can't yeah. I remember that. That. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first film. I was such a young casting director at that time and still trusting my instincts, but independent film, it was such a great time. Like, you know, when I think about how we hustled, right? Music videos at that time, because I was casting them as well, they were million dollar music videos with Lionel Martin and the Hype Williams and the X's, all of these cats, right? And one of the things that I really, really appreciated about the independent world was the community that we created. You know, we all came up at the same time, the Spikes, the Robert Townsend, the Keena and I, you know, weigh-ins and stuff. And so I feel like that's what we're missing, and especially with Hollywood, because they're so disconnected with the real world and real and the actors and their lives, that um, I read an article the other day where Mark Ruffalo was saying that we should go back to the independent structure and create a new Hollywood structure um, because, you know, when you think about it, actors are really not getting paid like, you know, most people think they are. So there has to be some other form of of you know i love the fact that you have a production company tyler perry has a production company queen you know like we're we're creating our own avenues tyler and queen those are my heroes like those are the people i'm trying to strive to be like i'm not there yet but yeah you're right but 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 i think that when you when you when you take a hold of your 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 career in the sense that you're you're going to own your stuff you know what i mean like it's going to be a different i think that that is the direction that you're going yeah, that is the direction I'm going. I've always been a person to do it yourself. Like that that's that's the definition to me about being a boss. You and then you could partner up with these guys and don't sign a deal that doesn't make sense for you and your your entire company and your investment. Right. But do it yourself. You yeah. know, it, it takes a lot. You know, you gotta come up with your own money. Sometimes people are basically selling their own blood just to get to, just to get get the funds, but yeah, it it always pays off in the long run. Always. Always. And I think what's brilliant about starting with horrors, inclusive of what you were saying, horror is a very short film. So horrors can be anywhere from like 85 to, let's say, 100 pages. And Mm -hmm. so in in terms of shooting wise, your schedule is shorter, you know, um, depending on your location, blah, blah, blah. But um, Mm -hmm. horror, I think, is, oh, my God. When you think about the Blair Witch Project, when you think about. That was a very deeply done movie. But, yeah, I, I just I just. I like the roller coaster ride of horror movies. Mm-hmm. I like um I like the fact that they're not as expensive as Transformers and those type of movies. Right. Right. I like the fact that you don't necessarily have to have an A-list celebrity. You know, you got just find good good talent. It's more about the story, right. the mythology, um, and how you really put it together. 
you know? But and I there's would a cult, think- And there's a cult following for them. Yes, huge. Um, and, and I would also think that because of your relationships in the industry, you know, like that's where your superpowers are too, you know? And even if it's like, I agree, in a horror film, you don't need marquee names. But how fly would it be to have one of your friends as a cameo and doesn't sh- and no one knows, right? Um, I did this film, Finding Forrester, that I coached Buster in, and uh-huh. Sean Connery was in it. I didn't know until the premiere that Matt Damon was in the film. Had no really? clue. Because Gus Van Zant was the director who also directed Goodwill Hunting. And so that's his boy. So at the end, when Rob um when Rob Brown was going to Sean Connery's character passed and he was going to the lawyer, the lawyer was Matt Damon. I thought that was so fly. And only nice. like 15 minutes of work. Nice. You know, yeah, you never know. And he became a big star after that. This is what I'm saying. And then and then you also have the other end of a film, which is the soundtrack. So yeah, which is, that's that that's like that's easy for me as long. You know, the, yeah. the only difficult part about that for me is if you're trying to get other artists to participate, you have to find the capital once again right. to get them. In. But, but that's easy for me. I have producers. I have a team. I, I have an ear for for that stuff. I'm in the clubs. I'm a DJ. Yeah. And and, and with horror movies, it doesn't necessarily have to be that. A lot of it is, no. um, you know, not not necessarily soundtrack. It's more the theme of the, the movie and, you know, mm-hmm. that type of stuff. So I have guys for that, too. I'm not, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I, I, I know that it's a process. I know it's a journey, but it's like, I see the destination. I see, you know, the people that you are looking up to those, you know, they've created this path. I actually want to bring that back. I feel like today's horror movies Mm -hmm. don't have, I feel like movies in general don't have the themes that I grew up listening to that made the movie even more iconic. Right. Saying like when John Williams used to do your score, mm-hmm. like Hans Zimmer today is great. Uh, John Carpenter when he did the Halloween uh-huh. movie, he was the one who created the Halloween memorable theme, Nightmare mm-hmm. on Elm Street. Like they had memorable, memorable, memorable themes, and um, right. I feel like today's generation, at least I'm not, I, I haven't heard it that I think they have memorable themes. So I want to bring that back. Yeah, I think that would be great. I think that in terms of, you know. It's interesting because this generation, they always go back to our stuff. You know, I was talking to a young person the other day. They were like, oh, my God, I just discovered Johnny Depp's movie where he was doing cocaine. And I was like, wow, that was like you know what Johnny Depp? I'm sorry to interrupt. You know what Johnny no. Depp's first movie was? Mm, I don't I'll, know. I'll, I'll tell you. A Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger. Wow. The, the, first movie, the first movie to... um helped create the success of New Line Cinema. That was Johnny Depp's first film. It's, and when you say New Line Cinema, like back in the independent day, I spent a lot of time at 777 7th Avenue. That's where they oh, okay. used to That's be. That's where they were? See, I didn't know. Yeah. I, I, was a kid, I was a kid watching this, so I didn't yeah, know where were. they were. <laughs> but I know that they were a company that didn't have much money. And no, just like Merrimax. You know, yeah. just another girl on the IRT. I remember being, you know, at the event, the premiere with 
Harvey Weinstein, his brother, and Leslie Harris, the director, on stage, you know, and that was a part, all of those companies were tapping into the independent world at that time. Sex Lies and Videotapes, you know, all of the, you know, all of that. And then, you know, Hollywood tapped into it because when they saw the money, then it's like, okay, we're going to offer you a deal. Let's give you a production deal so we can cipher off with some of your funds. But I'm, I'm from the independent world. I say do it yourself. I say especially in 2023. How do you feel about the independent world in today's generation as far as streaming goes? Well, like we're talking about like Tubi's. Tubi? <laughs> you know what's so funny? I've been watching some Tubi movies lately. Obviously, they have a lot of not great pr- uh, movies. Right. But some of them are actually decent. I, I watched some one the other are. day that was right. Yeah. So you, that's a You good just have to, you know, shift through it. I think that... Um, I, I I think that the younger generation, in my experience, is looking for immediate gratification and they don't understand the process. People are not teaching the process and the journey and the protocol. Um, you know, you can't just wing stuff. You want to stand on a solid foundation. You want to know. And we were just having this conversation about scriptwriters because... I don't think that people are going to school and learning script writing when you see some of these movies that are out here. And so I think it pays to understand the structure, respect the structure, and to, you know, get as much education as you can to create some of these great scripts out here. But I am also all Black, BT plus. Um, I've coached from Vanessa Simmons to Notori Naughton recently on some BET films. And, you know, I just think the quality is starting to get better and, you know, the production value, but it always, it, it starts with the script. That's I don't like the instant gratification mentality. I don't even understand that. Me that, either. that instant gratification just means you want fame and money quickly. But yeah. what about the, what about the actual love for the craft? Or what about just respecting the shoulders you're standing on? You know, I'm very blessed to have a show inside the black box that I stand next to Joe Morton co-starring. And when Joe talks about the work, it's like, you know, there's a commitment, discipline and consistency that you have to succeed in anything. And I think because we live in this world where everything is fast, you know, I grew up with a typewriter. So, you know, people, yeah, younger every, generations. Not, mm-hmm. not only is everything fast, it goes away fast. Yeah. But that's what I'm trying to say is I feel like it's common sense, at least for me, that if you don't have a strong foundation and learn how to actually run a business, learn how to, you know, do something correctly, learn, you know, respect the craft, respect, mm-hmm. you know, of course, where things come from, it's going to go away fast. It is because you know, it's built on quicksand. Yeah, that's why I don't I've never understood the instant grab. But, you know, that's the that's the. um, That's the world of social media that we live in that. I don't think a lot of people even understand that, but it's like here today, gone today. Like that's not what I'm trying to build. I'm trying to build longevity. I'm trying to build movies and music that people would want to listen to generations from now. I'm trying to be in love with what I'm creating. And and it's not a hundred percent for the money. Of course we all want to make money, but that's not exactly everything I'm in it for. No, I think that, you know, you have to have some some stamina and stability in this. I've been blessed to be working in this industry for over 40 years, and um, I've been independent freelance for 40 years. I've never belonged to anyone. Even when I work with Spike Lee on his commercials, you know, I was freelancing with him for seven years. 
Um, I think it, I love what I do. I don't go to work. I tell people I go to fun. Every morning I get up and I go to fun. And you have to have that that love. I also, you know, I had my show for 18 years, the idea for 18 years before we sold it in 2020. So there's a certain amount of patience because the truth for me is that the joy is in the journey. You know, you're going to get to the destination. You know that you're a visionary. So you know that. And I also believe that the work that you're going to create is not only going to be, you know, work that we're all going to support, but it's inspiring. You know, it really is inspiring. Yeah, because, you know, you see a void, you can fill it. Right. And you're going to have I'm just putting this out there for you. You're going to have tremendous financial success over these horror films. And then I see the transition and the opening of, you know, the dramas and the action. And, you know, because by then you'll have people who know you created a track record. They want to partner up with you or maybe a studio wants to give you a deal. Um, That's that's the goal. That's the vision. But I, for me and my experience, this younger generation, just trying to get them to hold on to the vision is challenging because of social media and, and YouTube, you know, everybody is an influencer, you know, everybody, you know, is a journalist, you know, if your only, um, if your only goal is to make money or to be famous, then you're willing to do anything it takes to do that and you don't have a street you don't have a direction so it's like today they'll be on youtube doing this today i'm a podcaster tomorrow i'm doing this tomorrow i'm doing that so it's, a, it's just a weird generation everybody just wants views and likes yeah but but you know there are great things about the generation because before yeah there, you had to be in the theaters and then it comes to dvd or vhs now, because of streaming services your movie is always in the theaters because that's the theater yeah. it's always there yeah. but it's way more nonsense to go through just to be able to find your movie so it's different marketing well and you know now i mean um in terms of ai what is your um your takeaway with ai because as a casting director i just read an article um last week where they said they're gonna get ais to replace casting directors because casting directors are just intermediaries um, so that's a concern. I don't cast full time, but I think of my friends who cast full time and now their jobs are in jeopardy. How do you feel about that? I think it's horrible. I think it's horrible. I don't know. I don't understand. Look, I understand everybody wants to take the easy way out and the fast way out, but you're not respecting. There's so many things wrong with that, man. Like not respecting just the human race altogether, in my opinion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, what, and what kind of love and creative is that? Let's just let AI do it. I just, it's not yeah. what, what you're just trusting a computer to do. That, that's, that's people who only care about money. Yeah, absolutely. There's no yeah, art in that. There's no, where, what, what's yeah, the, what's yeah. the experience with that? Where's the love of actually mm-hmm. us being creative and like, that's the, those are people who could care less about creativity, could yeah. care less about humans, could care less about anything. They just want to flip a dollar to another dollar. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I Not definitely... Not to mention it's dangerous for period in general. You know? I think it's dangerous, too. I, I keep thinking of iRobot. There was a lot yeah. of stuff in that film that was ahead of its time. I got to rewatch that film, actually. Oh, brother. Yeah. I watched it I remember thinking ago. it was great. And Will Smith killed it. And I remember thinking this could be a reality one day. But now I feel like we're closer to that being possible. So I got to rewatch that movie. 
There was also a TV show. I don't know the name of it, but maybe it'll come up in my chat. But there's there was this TV show about this woman who was an AI, but the the challenge was she started to get feelings. And that was like the premise of the show. She started to feel what she, you know, you're not supposed to, and started cause I can't remember. This I was, forget uh, the movie, but there's a million movies based on machines yeah. taking over and you know, like Terminator and The Matrix yeah. and they've been putting it in movies for a long time, but now it seems like they're trying to put it in reality. So yeah, dangerous Uh, out here. It is dangerous. And I think that when we stay firm with our roots and when we stay firm with our truths that, you know, there's power in that, you know, because an AI, it's an AI is an AI An AI has no compassion, no feeling, no, you know, and you can't replace human connection with that. I I don't think so. And that's what we go to, you know, films for. We want to cry. We want to celebrate. We want to be scared, you know? So I think that um, that's something that we can always stand on and prayerfully hold on to. Um, As far as um, this generation, do you have, um, for those who are listening and maybe, you know, Idris Elba started out as a DJ and now, I remember I used to go to Bowery because people were like, there's this DJ <laughs> in the Bowery. And I was like, OK. And um, and then I met him as a DJ and now one of the most you know, dynamic actors, you know, in our time. Um, do you have any advice to this younger generation in terms of, you know, how they should approach their business and their artistry as musical artists and also people who are thinking about, you know, um, going in actors and producers and things like that. Any advice on? Yeah, it's the same thing I was saying earlier. Be serious about your craft. Don't be in it for fame, likes, views and and popularity. And that's that's I don't even know what that's about. If that's what you're Mm -hmm. in it for, then you'll do anything to be popular, do anything. Find out what it is that matches your soul and what you love and work hard towards it and Mm -hmm. stop looking for 15 minutes of fame. You know what I'm saying? Um, work hard to your craft. Study study people who opened the doors for you before that came before you. Mm-hmm. Respect the craft. Respect where where it came from and where you could take it. You know what I'm saying? And um, and don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it. You know, because people are always basing their opinions on their on their feelings and their reality, which is not reality. Right. You know. And if you, you listen it, to the noise. Yeah, exactly. Just find out. You need direction. Find out what it is that you actually love and want to be creative doing and go after it. And don't do it. You know, we're all look, we all have bills to pay. I get it. We all want to make money. The, the money will come as long as you yeah. want something that you love and and staying at it and being true to it and respect who came before you. Figure out how you could do it differently and and don't quit. Excellent advice, advice that everybody should listen to and that you need to be in this business. Um, And just, I want to go back a bit to you being a DJ. How did you get started as a DJ? Oh, my God. You had to have love for music. That's the first thing. Yeah, yeah, I always always love music. My uncle, who I just left actually um, dealing with the real estate here, he used to give me um, mixtapes back in the day mixed cassette tapes when they were actually mixtapes because today's generation of mixtape is just like an album before the album but it came from mixtapes where djs or um would record their mixes on actual cassette tapes whether it be from the club or in their crib or whatever and i I used to listen to kid capri ron Mm. g you know what i'm saying and 
Mm-hmm. All these guys, of course, DJ Clue, who used to do mixtapes back in the day. Oh. I used to listen to Red Alert on the radio. Mm-hmm. I used to listen to Funk Flex on the radio. I used to uh, listen to uh, so many different mixtape DJs. Shout out to Dog Time. Ron mm-hmm. G was probably the mixtape DJ I used to listen to the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me want to DJ. I always loved music. You know, mm-hmm. my family has embarrassing videos of me dancing to music <laughs> when I was a kid. But, Let's um, pull them up. <laughs> you know, but just my love for listening to other DJs. I used to watch Kid Capri at the end of Def Comedy Jam just killing a DJ and scratching back and forth as the dancers DJed. I used mm-hmm. to wait for the, the new Ron G mixtape to come out or the new SNS or the new DJ Juice or the new Dog Time or the new DJ Clue or whoever the mixtape DJ was popping at the time. And it just made me want to DJ and I convinced my father to get me um some turntables. I started on, on belt drive turntables, which anybody who's a DJ knows that's not what you should have had back in the day. Wow. And then I finally ended up getting um, 1,200 direct drive turntables, Technic 1,200s. took time because I didn't have the money to um, to get the proper equipment at first. Right. And then practiced every day. See, now, you know, now it's just different. Now people go on YouTube videos and try to learn from yeah. somebody else. Tutorials. Or try, yeah, or tutorials, or they try to, um, you know, they try to... Um, you know, they have things where you could sync the music and it mixes mm-hmm. it in perfect for you. I didn't come from that. I came from DJing with vinyl. Oh, yes. And I had to, whatever, I had to practice and mimic, you know, whatever I heard on mixtapes or on the radio. And I used to just practice in my room every day. I didn't have tutorials. There, there was no such thing. Yeah. And I just practiced exactly. every day, practiced every day. And I sucked. And then I got good. And then I got <laughs> better. And then I, then I finagled that into doing high, um, you know, parties in my high school, a very mm-hmm. little bit. And mm-hmm. I finagled that um, into doing parties in the industry because I had right. I had in for a while, for a few years. Um, I interned for Sony Music, Epic mm-hmm. Columbia. I interned for Cornerstone Promotion, which is now called the Fader Magazine. I was there for the first Fader Magazine. Wow. And um, I just interned and I started DJing <laughs> for free a lot. I opened mm-hmm. up for the opener. I opened up for the opener DJ. Like I, I just did whatever I had to get on. Right. And um, you know, it, it just it was a long journey. Yeah. Still on my- I just think your your whole life is so exciting because it's just not limited to being in a club. You could be, we could see you at a concert, we could see you, you know, you spent years on the Wendy Williams show and you still love I used to watch the show because I wanted to see what tennis shoes you were wearing, sneakers. Every show, I wanted to see what sneakers you were wearing because <laughs> that became the thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was saying the sneakers that, yeah, I used to wear rock. She used to show my sneakers all the time. And I said, shout out yeah. to Wendy. Wendy um, was the first person to ever put me consistently on TV. I had guest appearances like on Rap City back in the day or 106 Apart, but I was never consistent, consistently on TV. Wendy put me on TV consistently. And then um, when she didn't return to her show, um, Sherry Sherry got the show. And mm-hmm. Sherry's been incredible. She has some yeah. of the best energy I've ever experienced in the industry. Sherry is one of the most positive people um, in the industry. And she loves helping people. So, and shout out to Sherry, man. And I love, I love being a part of the Sherry show. Yeah. And I, I have to say our worlds crossed Several times because I used to coach uh, Roxy and Terrence from day one until uh, Roxy. Roxy's my friend. <laughs> I love my guy Roxy. Too. Yeah, I coach. And then um, back in the day, Big Tigger, Rap City. So yeah, you know, 
Yeah, all of our um, our paths have crossed. This has been really great, and and the time has flew by. And now we are done with our interview. It has been amazing. Right. I feel like I could talk to you all day. Um, Thank you. I appreciate you know. the interview. Yeah, and let, let me let me anything, say something seriously. Yeah, call it. I will call. I want to say something in closing, guys. Um, it's been a long journey from being a DJ to a radio, you know, a radio D, a DJ to being a um, club DJ and a mixtape DJ to a concert DJ, DJing festivals to being on radio and now TV. And now I'm trying to do movies and everything. It's been a long journey. Please follow me at DJ Sus One on all platforms. Follow me at DJ Sus One on all platforms and um, okay. follow at the feature presentation and follow my journey, please. Yes. Yes, we are definitely following. And again, congratulations on the feature presentation and all the endeavors that you pursue. Because, you know, again, it's about discipline. It's about commitment and passion. And, you know, I love the fact that I used to say this, but I had to stop saying this because I was putting the energy in the universe. But I love what I do so much. When I first started casting, I was like, I do it for free. I do it for free. And then all these free jobs started coming. I was like, wait a minute, at some point I got to get paid. So, but I do, um, I, I respect the craft in that way that I too, I love it. The money is always going to be there. It's about, you know, it's about the heart and the soul of the project. So thank you. Everybody put your hands together, please, for the dynamics. <laughs> powerful, powerful, and definitely going to be a major force with the feature presentation. I feel it in every aspect. Um, thank you. Please, I do. Everybody, put your hands together. DJ Seth one. And now we got, we got two questions for you before you leave us, okay? <laughs> So Elsa's going to introduce the um, the two actors that have a question for you. Can, can you hear me? Yes, we can. We, can you but see we me? can't see you. Can't see you though. People kept calling my phone. I don't know why it disappeared because it it says my video's up. But uh, click click on and off, and it'll come back on for the video. Oh, let me see. There we uh, go. Yep. Thank you, MJ. I need a job. I need a job. Our I have a question for you. So I, you said you love horror movies. Yeah. Not all horror movies, by the way. Not because I, I tend to, I, I tend to like the, um, the slasher films. I don't really like the demonic films like that. I mean, you know, there's a couple of classics. That's not my vibe. All right, so that segues into my question. My next question. Well, you know, what is your top three horror movies? Mm, and I'm going to share my. So my, it's hard to say because I've watched so many of them, and I really favor the '80s and Me too. Um, '90s more than anything. But a Nightmare on Elm Street one, part one, and a Nightmare on Elm Street part three for sure. Um, hmm. Child's Play one. Mm. And by the way, I'm thinking off the top of the head because I, I think I would really have to brainstorm to see what's really my favorite. Uh, okay. But Night, Nightmare on Elm Street 1 and 3 for sure. Child's Play was a big part of my my childhood. There, you know, until he became a comedy. Chucky became a comedy later. But Child's... Somebody said Dream Warriors. Nice, yeah. <laughs> Part 3 was the Dream Warriors. Um, um, Child's Play 1. One of the Halloween movies. I'm not sure which one I think was the best. It's probably be Halloween 1, though. Yeah. You know, 
But there's so many. There's so many. I like the Scream series. It's still going on to this day. Not mm-hmm. all of them were great, but the first one was amazing. Mm-hmm. But why? What, what were your favorite horror movies? Then there's crazy ones like that are more demonic, but I, I, it's hard for me to say my, my favorite. But like Lawrence Fishburne had a movie called Event Horizon, which was crazy. I've never yeah. seen that. Event Horizon. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that one. I don't know if Jaws would be considered horror, but that's up there. Anyway, <laughs> it was horror for me. It, it is. Was it is. Me. Jaws was a classic. And Jaws was in yeah. the 70s. Yeah. You know, and um, my knowledge goes back to Alfred Hitchcock films, but that wasn't really oh, my Oh, Birds. You know, Psych- birds. Psycho was a classic. Um, the Birds yeah. was a classic, but that's that's not really my era. That was yeah, what horror that was, was my era. Yeah. That's when they had Black Killer and you could see the black string and the bat and them like the bat moving and they had the pole. <laughs> you yeah, could exactly. see all that stuff. Exactly. <laughs> so what's yours, MJ? What are your top three? Um, it was Interview with a Vampire. Carrie. With Tom Cruise. Carrie was scary. Carrie was late 70s. And they remade. Are you yeah, talking about the I, remake or the original? No, the original. I watched it with my grandmother. It was in the 80s. It was like it came on Channel 5 on a Saturday. I'll never yeah, forget. Was and that was scary. And um, so it's Interview with a Vampire, Carrie, and Pet Cemetery. Oh. I should have said Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery is one of that my was, that. Yeah, I love it. D- d- I should the have said Pet Cemetery. Tra- Yes. That cemetery scared me so much when I was a kid. It Hell, was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't watch scary movies. I just have to be honest. I'm scary. I worked on Halloween um, H2O with Buster. And... No, no. Buster was in oh, Resurrection. Wait. H2O Resurrection. was in LL Why do that I know was all of cool That's good. I'm glad. Thank you for the reference. So when I did the one, I I don't even know what it was. I was terrified. But we would be on the set and Jason would just kind of walk up and like my back would be towards Jason. Okay, him. (laughs) See, I don't care. I was terrified. And Buster's eyebrow would go up like he saw somebody. I would go, is that, who is it? And he's like, Tracy, it's a movie. It's a movie. And then he made me coach Raw Digger on 13 Ghosts. I was terrified. Was 13 Ghosts. Was terrified good. on that. So you were really, movie. you're not scared of the movie. You were really scared of Buster. <laughs> <laughs> he is a Love scary guy. Shout out to my guy. Yeah. Shout out to my guy, Buster Rhymes. Yeah, 26 years, man. We started out on the Steve Harvey and it was amazing. 97. It's been but amazing. Good, good choice. Good choices. I should have I should have said Pet Cemetery because that definitely was yeah. one that scared me. Carrie, Carrie's legendary. Um, what about Final Destination? That didn't scare you? Nah, that didn't really scare me. I mean, that might oh. make me scared to fly. No. Oh, but I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna go outside and things wires and start killing me and stuff. Nah. See, I don't I watch like scary movies scary. that really make you. Um, really make you like not want to go to sleep at night by yourself. Oh, and I'm, I'm older now. So I'm older now, so the only thing that really scares me now is bills. But when I was a teenager, <laughs> when I was a teenager and a young kid, a lot of things scared me. So yeah, that's great. Great question. Thank you so much, MJ. Who's next, Elsa? Next up, we have Mr. Lamar B. Slaughter. Welcome, Lamar. Thank you. Thank you for having me, DJ Suss. What's going on? What's up, brother? Hey. So, um. You've had a prominent career as a DJ, and now I see you're very good at your interviews and you're into the, to move the film industry as well. When did you feel that 
it was your time to cross over into the film industry and feel that you can be as effective. I'm still crossing over, to be honest with you. I always knew I wanted to do it in the back of my head, but I wanted to get to a certain place in music. But I always wanted to make horror movies, bro. That's always just because of my love for 80s horror. So I always mm -hmm. wanted to do it. So um, right before the pandemic, you know, I have group texts with my me and my boys that we're always showing each other new movie trailers that's coming out for different movies and stuff because we all, we all mm -hmm. like movies. And then I just figured out a way to create an event that I could actually profit off of where I could just invite friends to the movies, which is called Dinner and a Movie with DJ Sus One. Wow. Just, I started inviting my influencer friends and celebrity friends just to cre create a vibe. And I, I partnered with Def Jam, my relationships for music, and it became a thing. Like me just inviting my friends to the movies that, wow. you know, and now the studios are actually hiring me to, to do that. So that was really my end yep. dealing with the movie studios. And now, you know, I've put it, the energy out there that I'm creating films. So we're going to, like I said, I'm still transitioning. Okay, okay. They used to do that back in the day, Lamar, in independent film. Um, what you, what, what is brilliant about the partnership with the studios back in the day, they, they didn't know how to promote black films. So the studios hired this woman, Jackie. Um, oh my God. I'm, I'm going to, I don't know her last, I do know her last name. I know Elsa's going to put it up, but Jackie Bazon, Jackie, what she used to do is she was the point person for studios to get the black films and the urban films out in the market. And so for you partnering up, that gives the studios an opportunity to put in films that they necessarily would not back. Not exactly. With PR for me, they want me, they place me in the category of multicultural. They yeah. want, and they, yeah, they, you know. That's beautiful. They're using my um, likeness to promote their movie to certain, you know, it is what it is. But that's and, that, I, and I get to invite my friends to movies, and we get to enjoy early screenings of movies that haven't come out yet. I think that's brilliant. You know what I'm saying? And then, as I mean, as you build with these studios, you know, it's it's just a way of getting. You know, back in the day when Robert Townsend and Keenan Ivy way in, like we we didn't have distribution. We didn't have it. Literally, was word of mouth, and we used to say, "Go the first weekend." That's when the numbers count. Go the first weekend. We used that. It was like. A group of us just like going in the communities and urging people. That's where the dollars and the money is going to count, right? So I just think that you're providing an opportunity that maybe people would not necessarily have, but it's just a brilliant idea to keep partnering up with these um, entities that are going to be able to give you a bigger landscape, you know, and a broader because they're still global. I got connections in Africa and Amsterdam. They're still we'll talk about it. Yeah. yeah. I just got off the phone with South Africa. I'm just nice. saying. So um nice. I think it's great. I really do. Um Lamar and MJ, thank you so much. Thank you, Elsa. Your questions were amazing. Thank you. Thank you guys. And man. you guys put your hands together. Stand up. DJ Sus One. Stand, stand up. up. Yeah. I'll stand up in a minute anyway. Okay. And we'll I appreciate be back. I appreciate you guys. I just want to say no, I appreciate you guys and I appreciate the interview. I do too. It was great. You're so much fun. And thank you, Sprucey. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes. I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. 
I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Welcome back to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. And today we are at class in session and I'm going to have Elsa Lathan introduce our spirited actors and we're going to jump into a scene. I'm going to give them some notes. Yes. Hello. Hello, everyone. So today on class in session, we have Miss MJ Sana. Hello, MJ. Hi, everyone. Hi, MJ. 
And we have Mr. Lamar B. Slaughter. Hello. Thank you. Hey, Lamar. Thank you. So our scene today is Love and Produce, written by Reggie Pittman. Interior grocery store produce section. A young man, Brandon, is roaming around the produce section of a local grocery store. He stops by the broccoli and picks up a big stock of broccoli and weighs it in his hand. Just then, a young woman, Jessica, approaches and taps him on the shoulder. Hey, you know I doubt you'll get the right weight of the broccoli that way. Brandon speaks while turning around. Well, actually, my hands work just like the scales. Brandon's face lights up in surprise. Oh, wow. Don't I know you? Well, yes and no. Explain. Well, we went to the same high school and middle school and elementary school. Yeah, how could I forget? You should cheat on me in fourth grade math. Barely. You should try to hide your paper from me, Mr. Stingy. You know they had just taught us sharing is caring. (laughs) They both laugh. (laughs) What's even crazier? Is that you ended up graduating with a 4.0 and went to an Ivy League school? Guess you're telling me you owe it all to me, huh? Yeah. Maybe they'll give you a scholarship, too. <laughs> Jessica slaps Brandon on the arm playfully. <laughs> so, how's that old girlfriend of yours? Jessica looks up at Brandon slyly. Oh, well, she's dead. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> to me. She's dead to me. Brandon oh, yeah. laughs and touches Jessica's arm to comfort her. Yeah, she's alive and married to my old best friend. Oh, wow, that's rough. Jessica's smile fades and she looks off in the distance. Well, my love life sucks too, so. Brandon smiles but attempts to hide you. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Jessica notices his smile. Oh, really? It doesn't look like it. Brandon's smile fades, and he grabs Jessica's hand softly. Listen, something I have to tell you. Jessica leans in. There's something I have to tell you, too. I need first. I've had a question for a very long time. Stop. I had a crush on you since like elementary school, which is crazy, right? That's not crazy. I used to watch your Snapchat, your Snapchat <laughs> all the time in college. <clears throat> I guess I just never had the I never had the courage to go see you. Aw. That's creepy. <laughs> I mean, if I wasn't madly in love with you, it would be super creepy. Yeah, thin line between stalker and romantic, I guess. Well, you know, I can't even judge. I used to go through your old Instagram pictures and like them, unlike them, you know, just hoping that you would think of me. Brandon <sighs> lets go of Jessica's hand and pretends to be upset, choking me. Wow. And I thought my phone was glitching for like a month. 
<laughs> Jessica and Brandon giggled and touch hands. They gaze into each other's eyes and then kiss the end. All right. Give yourselves a round of applause. Good job, you guys. Um, the first thing I have to say is that both of you are reading um, on your downtime, your off time. Um, it just feels like you guys are definitely, excuse me, using, you know, working on that because reading is also an art, right? So that's always important so that when you get these side pages of a script, that it's not jarring, it's not broken up. It's, you know, it flowed very nicely. Um, I have to stress again, you guys have got to read the action. You can't read over it. You can't read through it. You're not going to understand the scene without reading the action. And the big thing for you guys as actors, the action is like a really clear giveaway onto what you should be doing. If there's a reaction that an action says, then you know that you have to move in that direction or whatever the situation is. So that's imperative. Read the action. Do not go through the action. Um, I The thing that I immediately was um, taken aback to was the fact that both of you had such a great relationship with each other. Even on Zoom, it felt very real. Um, what I would do is, MJ, I would find a place where, because it sounds like the both of you really liked each other, never got a chance to be together because maybe you were with somebody, he was with somebody. It was always the wrong time, but now it's the right time. So what does that feel like? What does it feel like to know that there's a possibility that the two of you guys can get together? That's that kind of energy where, um, you know, if you've ever seen Cheers, right? The two characters in Cheers, Ted Danson and um, I think it was Sherry, Cheryl, um, the other actors who played the bartender. The thing, and, you know, it was a constant theme in the, like, late 80s and 90s where people were attracted to each other, but they never got together. So we were watching 13 episodes of them trying to get together, maybe ignoring each other. Just like Steve Harvey show. Wendy Raquel did the same thing. And her and Steve yeah. Harvey, we don't like each other, but we do like each other. So that gave us the incentive to watch the season to see, are they going to get together? So I'm saying that to say with you and Lamar, that's the kind of energy you guys find a moment in those sides where it's, you have that type of energy where we, um, Shelly Long, thank you also, um, Shelly Long, where there's that attraction, but maybe not, but there's, but we know at the end of the scene, you guys kiss. So there's something. Something happens. You just don't kiss mm -hmm. on anybody. Well, you can, but I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. So just find a way before the moment of kissing, before the touching, where we, the audience, we're like, they like each other. Oh, we want them to get together. Oh, kiss her, hug her hand, you know, that sort of thing. But I'm really impressed with the reading and very happy that you guys were present and just... Lamar, same thing with you. I love the fact that you started off with turn to the side and you've watched yourself in. That worked so well. It's little details like that that really bring, you know, and you just have this naturalness about you that it's a little flirtatious, MJ. It's cute. It's oh. innocent. It's not, it's not <laughs> obvious. I'm just saying your eyes, you know, just the smile. It's little things that you do. So be conscious of that as well. Yes. Okay. Great job. So Thank the you. takeaway, you're welcome. The takeaway, ladies and gentlemen, is always read. Every day, actors read aloud, 
read, pick up a newspaper, a fairy tale, I don't care, but just read. Reading is 99.9% of your gig, okay? Yeah. All right. Thank you, Elsa. And now we're going to leave the Spirited Actor podcast with me, Tracy Moore, and then we're going to come back and I'm going to give you guys a little bit of love, maybe a lot of love. I do too. It was great. It's so much fun. And thank you, Sprucey. And we'll be back on the Spirit Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. And I think I'm going to give you guys some love. I think that's what I'm going to do, give you love. And now it's time to give love. So I have this producer on my podcast named Spruce Hidley that keeps us laughing all the time. I don't think I've ever been around Spruce in a bad mood, bad attitude. And even when things, because he's my producer on Inside the Black Box, even when things go array, I can look at on the stage and see Spruce tucked in the corner, laughing, playing jokes, telling jokes. It is a blessing to be around someone who enjoys life, period. He doesn't need anything. He doesn't ask for anything. He's just happy, period. Consistently happy. We have to live in joy. Human beings think that we have 24 hours in a day, but on a spiritual plane, instantaneous. So when I think, and this is a true story, when I think of Spruce Henry, I think of two things. I think about getting your mind right. You got to get your mind right. That's what Spruce says. You got to get your mind right. All right. That's one thing that I think when I think of Spruce. And the other thing I think about Spruce, it always starts out being a good idea. It always starts out being a good idea. And then something goes away. I'm saying that to say that when you can think of a person and just laugh, you are living in the state of joy. Continue. Be consistent. Be grateful to wake up every morning. And every single time I call him, he says, Bruce Henry, gentleman of le- international man of leisure. If you don't laugh at that, something's wrong with you. Today, laugh. Just laugh. Be in joy. Don't forget to look out for us on our new show, Inside the Black Box. My co-host will be Joe the Legend Morton. It's going to be the Spirited Actor podcast on steroids. We'll be streaming on the Crackle Network. I'll keep you posted. Thank you for joining us on the Spirited Actor podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I look forward to our next Spirited podcast. Thank you. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.